Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will begin a new message, which is titled, The Lord Loves a Cheerful Giver. This message is a part of a broader series of messages, which is titled, Give Thanks. This sub-series of messages will also bring our broader Bear Fruit series to a conclusion. Originally preached over Thanksgiving, these Give Thanks messages remain important no matter what time of year it currently is. The primary text for this message is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there right now and we will join in with Pastor Chuck. Uh, I want to let you know that today we're starting a new series. We're starting a new series. It's called Give Thanks. And this has somewhat become a staple for us here at Rebuild Fellowship. And this series is focused on two things. It is focused on giving and thanksgiving giving and thanksgiving. And as I have grown up in Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit has ministered to me in such a way where he has uh, revealed to me uh, what he said, three currents, if you will, that exist in his kingdom. Uh, this may not be an exhaustive list, but as I have walked with him, these this is something that he has revealed to me that I think has some importance that I want to share with you in this moment. There's three currents of, of grace, if you will, that operate in his kingdom. It's giving, thanksgiving and forgiving. It's giving, thanksgiving, and forgiving. And as we look at this series, Give Thanks, uh, we're looking at giving and thanksgiving, but it flows out of his forgiving. One of the definitions for forgiving means to cancel a debt. And we thank Jesus that he canceled the debt that we owed, that we could never repay, that God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave his son to us generously. And out of that, we respond by going and doing likewise. We become givers like he was a giver for us. And we give thanks, a, a, an expression of gratitude for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're starting in, in this new series here. And as I think about this series, I think about this time uh, where me and my oldest grandson, Keith, uh, we were eating dinner and he had his his famous dinner, chicken nuggets and fries, for those that you may know Keith. Uh, and he says, um, Papa, you can have one of my fries. And I said, oh, Keith, that's because if, if you know Keith and you know how he eats, he, he ain't about giving up his fries, especially his, his, his newest uh, uh, fry uh, uh, love, if you will, uh, for Bojangles fries. He makes sure those Bojangles fries has that Bojangles seasoning on there. And so he's sharing one of his fries he says, Papa, you can have one of those fries. And I said, thank you, Keith. That was very nice of you. And he says, yes, because sharing is caring, right? And I said, yes, sharing is caring. And I want us to understand that through the lens of what it means to be a giver, what it means to, to be thankful in our giving, to be generous and grateful, because that is the sentiment. That is the heart behind it. Sharing is caring. Webster's defined generosity, listen to this, as the willingness to give or to share. And in that moment, my grandson had a willingness to give to me of, his, of, of what he had, his meal, and he was willing to share with me in that moment. And out of that, I had a moment of thanksgiving. And thanksgiving is defined as the expression of gratitude, especially to God. And so when we look at these two things, family, we look at how this is supposed to be not only um, as, as I can say, it shouldn't just uh, uh, be um, something that we just see as a season for us. This should be a lifestyle for us. Uh, the beloved Tim Keller says it this way. It's one thing to be grateful. It's another to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel. 
Thanksgiving is what you do. And in like manner, in light of the gospel, every time we hear the good news of Jesus Christ, every time we hear one of his promises, every time we encourage ourselves and we share testimonies of his faithfulness, of his love, of his grace, of his mercy, uh, of his steadfastness in our lives, we should have a response of gratitude. We should have an expression of gratitude towards him and thanking him for who he is. Is that not what Psalm 103 tells us? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was in me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Out of not forgetting his benefits, we respond by way of expressing gratitude by blessing the Lord. And so without in mind for this series and in this season, I hope to lead us in understanding our reason for being thankful to the Lord Jesus and our proper response in doing so. And as we walk throughout this series, it's a three message series. And as we walk through this, I want to highlight three things within the within the framework of, of the messages and each message, I want to bring out a highlight, if you will, of three things that I think is important for us to see and know. The first thing is how Christ modeled thanksgiving and generosity for us. The second thing out of out of his model, the early church, the early saints, uh, the forefathers, uh, the apostles uh, and the pastors and leaders and evangelists of that day of the early church days, how they modeled generosity and, and gratitude and thanksgiving. And then lastly, how we are supposed to go then and do likewise. So it's three things I want to highlight through these three messages within this gift thanks series. One, how Christ modeled it. Two, how the early church modeled it. And three, the current church, how we should be modeling this in our day. And so here's a cornerstone thought that I want to provide to you today, family. Here's your cornerstone thought. Gratitude and generosity is the style of life for the believer. It's not a season in the life of a believer. Gratitude, here's your cornerstone thought. I want, I want us to build off of this. Gratitude and generosity is the style of life for the believer. It's not a season only in the life of a believer. Thanksgiving should not just be a holiday for us. It should be the holy way in us. Thanks. I want you to get that again. Thanksgiving should not just be a holiday for us. It should be the holy way in us. And so I, I, I want to be very clear about this because uh, I, I will be speaking on money. I will be speaking on the almighty dollar. And so before we move on to this, I want to say something very important about this. This is not about dollars. This is about discipleship. This is not about dollars. This is about discipleship because speaking on money in a church setting, this is not the way that you can uh, attract members. This is not the way that you go about receiving members. And so I want you to know and understand this is about discipleship. God does not need our money. My brothers and sisters, he wants our obedience. He's not trying to get money out of our pockets. What he's trying to do is extract idols out of our hearts. And if we're being honest, money is usually the most accurate barometer of where our heart truly lies. The Bible says where your heart is, so there also is your treasure. That's where your treasure lies. And so, yes, I will be speaking about money, but I'll be speaking about money because God wants us to be faithful stewards of our finances, faithful stewards of our talents, faithful stewards of our time. And so we'll be looking at all of these, but specifically because we're entering into this next phase of our of our Love 919 season. And every year for us is Love 919, which means this is our local mission. 
missions. This is how we serve our local community. And so I want to highlight something for us as a way to serve, which Rebuild Family, you already know, is our Love 919 Faith Initiative. This is where in this season of the year, we take this month, we take this month in the first part of December, we take this month to raise as much money as we can to go bless our, our community. Nothing that we collect during this giving campaign, if you will, during this faith initiative is going to stay in-house. Everything that we collect in our Love 919 initiative in this moment, we're using to bless our city. We already have community partners that have already submitted information to us uh, how we can be a blessing to our community. There's already other uh, nonprofit organizations that we have partnered in with uh, to decrease darkness in our city and to advance his mission and, and to establish a city Lord, uh, through our efforts of spreading his love, being a love movement here, that our city can become more blessed, that we can help to decrease poverty and we can help to decrease despair and, 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 and depression and, and all of these things, uh, not because we're so great, but because the God we serve is great and we are his instruments and his redeeming hands to be able to do what he can do here in the earth. He can save, he can heal, he can set free, he can deliver, he can do all of these wonderful things and he desires to use his people, his body, his bride, the church to be able to do so. So my goal for this, listen, I need you to hear me clearly. My goal for this is I'm not trying to increase our membership through this. What I'm trying to do is increase our discipleship. And I want to do this for the welfare of the city of Durham, its surrounding communities, and to the very end of the world. And I know this is tough because this is tough when you talk about this, but you got to understand something. This is something, this is a topic that our Lord and Savior dealt with, and he talked about a lot in his earthly ministry. And I think it's imperative and important for us to understand how he wants us to be faithful stewards of our time talents and treasures here in the earth. And so what I want you to do in this moment, if you will, if you would go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And as you're turning there, I want to give you a quick context because there's two chapters, chapter 8 and chapter 9, where the Apostle Paul is, is specifically addressing generosity and gratitude. And I think it's important for us to understand this. So let me give you a, a quick context for what's happening here. The Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, specifically in this case, to complete their collection of an offering to take care of poor believers the, the poor, the Macedonian church, the poor believers that were in Jerusalem. And as he was heading to Jerusalem, he wanted to ask the Corinthian church, pretty much uh, writing a letter to them to make sure that they have finished their collection because he's coming through to get the collection, to get the offering, to get the financial blessing that he's going to take to these impoverished believers that are in Jerusalem. He wants all of the churches that he has written letters to, he wants them to partner in and to collect an offering that he can go take to these believers, these believers that are in need. And listen, they were in need during a very severe trial. These believers in their own need during a very severe trial, they had the Apostle Paul's respect and admiration because in the midst of their trial, in the midst of this severe affliction, as the Bible says that they were in, they were still continuing to be generous in their financial giving. Not just in their talents, not just in their time, but they were still, they had an immense need. They were facing a severe affliction as that church, and they were still seeking to be generous and to give out of their poverty. While they were in their poverty, going through a severe test of affliction, and they were seeking ways to do this, excuse me, and they were being joyous in doing so. 
How, how powerful is that? They're in need. They are in lack. And they, because they understand the generous love, the generous grace, the generous mercy that the Lord Jesus Christ has bestowed upon them. And they said, I have submitted and surrendered my all to him. And this very little that I have can do much in the kingdom. Can you say that to yourself? Can you believe that right now? The very little that you have, if you just put it in the master's hand, if that's all you have, if you're in a severe trial right now, if you're undergoing a severe affliction like this early church, you can be just like them and you can continue to give out of your substance whatever you have give out of your out of your source who is Christ Jesus and they say hey all that I have I give unto thee and to top it all off my brothers and sisters they were still seeking ways to give to others above and beyond their ability while they were in need they were still finding ways they wanted to know Apostle Paul hey I know you're trying to do this but how can we be a blessing how can we go earth? we don't have much but what we do have such as I have I give unto thee from this we can lean into our core value on generosity here is rebuild church we can lean into our core value which is this because of grace we live sufficiently and we give extravagantly because of the lord's grace we live sufficiently and we give extravagantly that's one of our core values here at rebuild fellowship and i want you to know my brothers and sisters how important this is because our generosity shows and points to the generosity of this great and mighty King, Lord and Savior that we serve, Jesus Christ. That he, though he was rich, became poor for us so that through his poverty, we might become rich. We became rich in grace, rich in mercy, rich in love, rich in truth, rich in him. And it's much bigger than, than substance. It's much bigger than that. But he uses our substance to make a kingdom impact in the world that will draw of others to his generous, undying, steadfast love. So they express their gratitude to God, which is thanksgiving in their service and their substance by giving with joy and giving their best, even in the midst of a storm, if you will. They were, they were giving joyously and joyfully, I should say, in their service and in their substance. And like man of my brothers and sisters, we should be doing the same. And so now that's pretty much 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now we're going to move in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where I asked you to go to. And now I want you to pick me up in verse 6. And it says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sow bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must Give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse eight. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. I want to pause right here and I want to introduce to you, if you don't know this before, one of the names of God, which is El Shaddai which is the all-sufficient God, the almighty God, the broad-breasted one, the one who has all sufficiency. He can make um, um, grace abound to you in abundance. This is El Shaddai. This is, this is a, 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 a foreshadowing, if you will, or a pointing to that great name, El Shaddai. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having, listen to this, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work, in every good work. 
whether you're married or not married, whether you're a parent or you're not a parent, whether it's in your workplace or you're a small business owner, whether you are a student or whether you're not a student, whether it's in your finances, whether it's not in your finances, whether it's in your health or not, wherever it is, family, God calls us. He causes us, right? He causes us to be one where he gives us grace and that grace allows us to abound in every good work. He is sufficient. Is that not what uh, you'll see later in 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 12, where the apostle Paul brings this up again. And he says, the Lord's grace is sufficient for me. Pick me up in verse nine. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Listen to this. The Lord is the one who provides supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. He will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Somebody, somebody need to take that verse and you need to attach your faith to it. This is, this is El Shaddai at work right here. The all sufficient one, the broad breast. This is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. This is he who said he can supply seed to the sower. If you want to sow into his kingdom, the Lord will provide seed for you to do so, and he'll have bread for you. You're not going to lack anything. He will supply, and he'll, watch this, multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Oh, this is kingdom mindset. This is a kingdom mentality, and this should be our kingdom motivation. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. Verse 13, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Verse 15. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. I want to preach from the title today simply, The Lord Loves Cheerful Givers. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues his message entitled, The Lord Loves a Cheerful Giver. 